Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another spooky season of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Barbarian. This is a movie that people have been telling us to review for weeks and telling us nothing else about it. We finally listened, and uh, I think you'll find we're all glad that we did. Joining me tonight, first up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello! Next up, from the West Coast of the United States of America, please welcome Rachel to the show. Hello! Thanks for having me back. Oakland? Pretty much. Cool. (laughs) I'm in the ballpark there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Next up, also from the West Coast and also a zombie girl, please welcome Matilda to the show. Hey, nice to see you all. Um, Schnars is out. He's just one of those weeks where he just doesn't care about you, the listener. So I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, here we are. And I am pretty pumped to talk about both Barbarian and the Mad God Gulag. <laughs> I have to say, when I saw this movie, I walked out the theater and one of the first thing I thought was, I could not wait for to hear you guys talk about this. Mostly, though, because I just needed to hear John try to so that <laughs> well, I'll give it my best tonight. I'll give it my best tonight. We should say before we jump into the review here, it's going to be, this is a very twisty movie. I think we all feel like you should go in real clean to go see it. Yeah. And we're yes. going to get spoilery like right away. So consider this your warning. And with that, we're all ye who enter here. That's right. With that, mm-hmm. let's uh, discuss a barbarian. This is it, Shadowbird. Your big break in TV. Not the front time. Rachel. Yes. Words. <laughs> I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> <laughs> you, when I ask you to do the word of the day, you take it so seriously, and I, I admire that. As if, but as it's as if like John hasn't just looked it up five minutes before the show for the last fifteen years. <laughs> this is my attempt for a weird flex. Okay, let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what you got. Please bring us the word of the day. So today's word of the day was selected to make it, make sure that it got weird right away this time. I waited till the questions last time. So this time I just wanted to kick things off. On brand. Our word of the day. <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, I'm nothing if not consistent. Our word of the day is colostrum, oh. which is the mil. <laughs> I think we are In familiar. It. <laughs> It is the milk secreted for a few days after the chi- after childbirth and characterized by a high protein and antibody content. It's true. Here, yes, and it, interesting sort of uh, etymology. It comes from Latin, surprise, surprise, like every other word, uh, from the word bee stings. Hmm. Twist. Very interesting. So, Eric, please use it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have the weirdest story. No, okay, I, I have kids. Like, I knew what this was before. But, like, recently, so I'm on TikTok, as I, I talk about sometimes in the show. And one of my, like, lanes of algorithms is, like, you're on a weird diet. Like, you're on a weird health diet. This is this is my impression of the of the TikTok algorithm. Like, we don't know exactly what it is, but you're very into wellness and we know you're on some kind of extreme diet. 
maybe it's this, maybe it's this. So they'll like alternate and it'll be like, here's some weirdo, uh, high raw vegan who lives in Hawaii. Like, <laughs> is this what you're into? And then like three videos later, it'll be like, are you like one of these carnivore people? Like you guys have heard of this, like these nutbags yes. who are oh, like yes. carnivores. Oh, okay. Yes. So there's, there's this guy on carnivore TikTok named the liver King. Are you guys familiar with this guy? He oh. is like a big roided up, jacked up nut job who basically claims that he only eats like meat and like raw animal testicles and just like, it's just insane crap. He sells a protein powder because I've gone down this whole internet rabbit hole that is all made up of like animal stuff. And out of curiosity, because I'm also a nut yeah. bag and I was curious, I went and was reading the ingredients. One of the ingredients is like colostrum that I presume comes from cows. Like, I don't really know if there's an animal what source of that. <laughs> so like that word has been weirdly in my headspace lately. So <laughs> TikTok, it's the worst. Yeah. There's like a hundred percent chance that this guy is also like sunning his butthole, right? Like the, there's uh -huh. no chance. Oh, so <laughs> there's they, a, no, well, that, that, that's just a high Venn diagram overlap around it. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. a circle. These yeah, guys are all it. very, <laughs> these guys are all very into like no suntan, like suntan lotion is the devil. And they're convinced that like, if you eat certain things, you will not get sunburned. Meanwhile, this guy's walking around looking like a leathery hot dog, like all the time. <laughs> He's just a walking piece of luggage. <laughs> mm. There's nothing more attractive than leathery skin and meat breath. Bring it on, fellas. <laughs> oh, he doesn't he doesn't use soap either, so get excited about that. I mean I would Sounds hope like not. Dude. <laughs> we want that meat musk. Yeah. Well, that's a whole new definition to the term meat sweats. Mm -hmm. I'm changing my word of the day. It is now meat musk. <laughs> Uh, Casey. Yes. So you, you sent an interesting article out before the show about barbarian. Um, what's the dude's name that directed this? All right. This is written and directed by Zach Kreger. Um, I don't know if that a lot of people of our listeners are going to find him familiar, but he's better known as an actor. I've found, uh, I know him from Rhett, uh, which was like, a, I think a TBS sitcom for about two years about, uh, a plane crash. He was also one of the whitest kids, you know, so um, and he's done a lot of different movies on the acting front. So if you're but he is a little bit more obscure. Yeah. So the article you sent, it was super interesting, basically. And, that, and actually, maybe we'll come back to this thread, because once we kind of talk about the structure of the movie, like it becomes relevant again. But he had had this idea that he wanted to do. And he had trouble getting it made. Like he basically shopped around to everyone. Nobody wanted it. They make a point of mentioning the article that like he tried to get a 24 to bite and they were like, mm, nah. And they had, everybody had specific problems with like the structure and some of the character stuff, which I think we'll revisit that at the end. But so that's just kind yeah. of an interesting thread. But in this he movie. Shopped, and like to Eric's point, he shopped this around. He said something to like 10 or 15 different studios or yeah. whatnot before somebody would bite on it. Does anybody have the, I was curious, I can't remember the actress, the lead actress's name. Uh, she, Georgina her, Campbell. Yeah. Okay. I think I've, I feel like I've heard that name before, but I didn't recognize her. Um, so it's her, you've got a Skarsgård. Is it that Bill Skarsgård? It is the yep. Bill. It's Pennywise. These just creepy, yes. 
pasty lizard looking whatever Europeans. Um, and then someone else shows up, but I think we're going to wait a hot minute to tell you about that. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, so basically this movie is about, um, Georgina. What's her character's name? Tess. 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 So Tess shows up in the beginning of this movie to a pretty, like, we don't fully know the extent of it yet, but a kind of, like, shady-looking neighborhood in Detroit to an Airbnb. We eventually learn that she is there for a job interview to work for, like, this documentary filmmaker that she really respects. But when she shows up, she can't get in the house. Eventually, somebody, uh, the scars guard, answers the door and says, hey, I rented this off of, um, whatever, what's the other one, uh, He's, he mentions the other platform, whatever, it doesn't matter. He, they basically rent both rented this off of competing, like, micro-rental platforms or whatever. And after some, like, awkward exchanges, she's, like, he, he offers to let her stay. She says, okay. Um, you spend a lot of that first act, like, you don't know what his deal is. He's, like, a weirdo artist who's scooping out the area. Like, he's looking to gentrify, basically. And, <laughs> and like, um, but she's unsure of him, but they sort of, like, get a little closer. She goes to her interview the next day in this great scene, great little moment. The, like, woman she's interviewing with finds out where she's staying, and she f- loses her mind. She's like, you cannot be there, and it's so, like, startling. And of course, like a true, like, this is what I would do. I'd be like, no, no, I'm fine. It's fine. I don't need anything. I'll go stay in the murder house. Like, it's cool. <laughs> so she goes back and uh, Skarsgård is like kind of missing. So she starts looking around the house. I believe this is the sequence of events if my memory's shitty. But, and she wanders down into the basement, um, gets stuck there. Because the door shuts. The door locks. She yeah, then the door dis- locks. she then discovers a creepy hidden um, passageway. Goes down it a little bit, or she's at least looking in it. I don't know if she's gone down it yet, but she had rigged this thing up to see in the light or whatever. She, nothing really happens except for just this is weird. Skarsgård comes home. She knocks on the window. Whatever. He gets in the house. She's trying to tell him about this thing. He goes and checks it out. Is this the sequence of events here? No, no, yeah, you're nailing okay. it. Yeah. He goes and checks out the creepy yeah. murder hallway, including the first thing you see down this hallway, which is like a, a, a room you might keep someone captive in with like a bed and a bucket, like a bare bed and a bucket. And a, and a, and a tripod. And a video camera. A tripod, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he then goes to explore it. She's like ready to leave. Well, this is going to be a, an ongoing theme in this. We're going to talk about her decisions in this movie. <laughs> but... She's just like ready to leave and is like, listen, I just want to check it out. Just stay here five minutes, whatever. He goes and checks it out. And this is the point in the movie at which things go like horribly awry. Like he disappears down this like hallway, which is like never ending seemingly. She decides to go in after him because she's too good of a person. That's the moral of this story. Be a bad person. And um, at that point, it is revealed that there's nothing creepy going on with Skarsgård because he's been attacked by something in the, well, he's been attacked by something in the darkness. And then she gets also attacked and trapped by something. We sort of see it. It's like a creepy, weird, stringy-haired lady. It's real scary. We can talk about that. The movie mm-hmm. then slam cuts 
to <laughs> Justin Long. He's an actor. He's in California. He is getting a phone call like immediately as we cut to him from his agent and is like his people letting him know that he's about to be canceled for sexual assault. And we watch him like real time processing all of this. Meanwhile, we're like, but what about the lady in the hole in the basement? He then begins this process of like, he's got to get his shit in order because he has no money now. And of his shit are these rental properties that he owns in Detroit. So this is where we're like putting the pieces together. He's from Detroit. He flies back home. He goes and is very mean to the real estate lady. <laughs> he, gets in, <laughs> he gets his keys. He goes to the house and he like discovers that there's people, he, all their shit is still there. He has some amazing phone conversations where he's yelling at people. He decides finally, eventually to go check out the basement himself. Oh, after going out and getting drunk, that's a scene we got to talk about because that shit is like so good. He comes back. The next day he's hungover. He decides to check out the murder hole for a hilarious reason, which we'll talk about. Um, oh and then he, he now, with, with his journey into the hole, it is now full, it begins to be fully revealed what's going on in this like murder cellar basement thing. Um, and then, yeah, then it's just like a horror ass horror movie from there. It, there's a lot of twists and turns. It's a very um, unorthodoxically structured movie. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it. And um, yeah, so let's just get into it here because I feel like there's just a lot to dig into. Um, Rachel, what do you think? I'm so excited we're talking about this movie. <laughs> this is the movie that the only thing I like more than the movie itself is watching my friends come out of the theater and react to the, it. The discourse, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so fun. And when I tell you I love this movie, I am understating my feelings. Um, this was one of the most surprising films that I've seen in a very long time. Mm -hmm. It is an absolute roller coaster of a film. It completely subverted every expectation I had. It took me as a smug horror fan to like completely having the wind knocked out of me repeatedly, and I loved it. Um, it is one of the most tense experiences I've had in a theater for a while. And um, it is the most repulsive in places. <laughs> and it's the funniest. It's the funniest movie I think I've seen this year. I laughed yeah. really hard multiple times. And that it pulls off these like whiplash of tones is impressive and bordering on, bordering on like miraculous that he's able to pull this off. This is the kind of thing that someone like Jordan Peele is able to do, but other people yeah. are not. And yet here we are. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not all. It's also this incredibly biting social commentary and uh, around like ideas around consent. It's, uh, you know, in this post quote unquote me too era, um, there's been a lot of things that have tried to tackle it and it's mostly pretty fumbly. Um, but I tend to give it leeway because the politics and the ideas and the heart are in the right place. But this one lands some punches up that I don't think in, I've seen say, successfully delivered as I did in this film. So mm -hmm. yeah, this movie kind of has it all. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Casey. Uh, so I bought into, I took everybody's advice, went into this completely blind, hadn't even looked at IMDb or anything like that. And it is definitely the way to go. I had no idea what to expect. And I like to sit and guess where the movie's going as I'm sitting and watching it, especially if I don't know anything about it. And I mean, that's part of the fun for me and I couldn't do it. And that's what made this great. And it catches you by surprise. And like Eric was saying earlier, there's unconventional filmmaking here that I think really 
jars the viewer without being offensive. That jump cut was amazing. It left me like slack jawed literally for a minute, just like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of stuff. And then you get down into the horror bits where you're down it just before like that jump cut. And we see them, uh, you know, down in there to, uh, in the tunnels and whatnot was just terrifying as well because they use that oppressive darkness that they're walking into the whole time so well and it just really worked for me on a lot of fronts and there's elements i i mean there's influence of like the descent in here obviously which i think they nailed uh then as we get into the goopier parts of it there's <laughs> i want to talk about richard Brake, which we haven't mentioned yet. oh yeah <laughs> and there's a whole section with this guy in here that uh, you would know from Rob Zombie movies that we'll get to. Oh, is that? Uh, I didn't know him. Is that, I don't, I yeah. Know that name. There's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. I was a fan. And I'm still thinking about it the day after. I can't stop thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. Dude, I saw it, I saw it on Friday. And I'm still like daydreaming about it. Um, Tilly, <laughs> what did you think? Um, this movie completely surprised me. I loved this. Um from the trailer, you like Rachel was saying, you really think you know what you're getting into. I had watched the trailer. I kind of like spoilers, but I didn't spoil this one for myself. Um, and it is like this roller coaster where the first 45 minutes, you can almost hear it clicking, 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 the tension going up and up. And then there's like this one-two punch that like when I was thinking about it, it was like it accelerates so fast. And then all of a sudden you're in a different movie. And it was like psychological ice bucket challenge i was just like what the hell just happened <laughs> what the hell and like why what what and it was like it was interesting because it was so 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 darker and darker and darker and then it's so bright is part of how they do that um and you're trying to adjust to what happened and why you're suddenly in a totally different movie but the payoff is so good um and it's really masterful in the kind of like tension release Mm -hmm. patterns that it has i think it sometimes releases it with gore sometimes with really intense cringe and sometimes with humor and sometimes with a combination of all three which is my favorite <laughs> um but it's kind of my favorite kind of horror experience and then like rachel said it manages almost like by the way to be a very smart movie about consent like mm -hmm. we don't need to re-legislate the like our rape jokes funny thing but i feel like this did something very funny and pointed and the joke is completely on the right person mm -hmm. yeah i agree here so i yeah, love this yeah i went in like just fresh as a sweet summer child to this movie like <laughs> No, not a single trailer, not even a synopsis. I don't even, I didn't even know what the poster looked like till I got to the theater. The, the name was generic enough that I was like, I wasn't even sure what to expect from that. I still don't know why it's named what it's named. I have no idea. Um, but I absolutely love this movie. And it's like one of my favorites of the year at this point after seeing it. It just to me is like, this is exactly my style. Like it is, it's not afraid to be a horror movie, but it also is playing with like larger ideas, right? Like it's, it's trashy and also exploring social issues at the same time. Like you can be both of those things. It's also not preachy. Like one of my favorite things is like 
it's just presenting this Justin Long character as is. Like, there's no other character around to comment yeah. on his this shit. And like, it's such an interesting choice to just be alone with him for so much and watch that because it's like, there's just, they're not painting this up any way for you. They're just presenting it as raw as they possibly can. This like, and then slowly revealing these details about him where you like really see who he is. Um, the first half of the film is like very tense. These two actors together are fantastic. Skarsgård, like he was born for this role of like, yeah. is this guy going to murder me or not? I don't like, is he like a handsome artist or is he a murder man? Like you literally, he has those crazy eyes. You don't know. He's playing this so well. It's like back and forth between awkward, shy dude. And like, but then he's like loosens up a little bit. And he's got like a little charisma and they kind of start like, you know, liking each other a little bit. Um, and I was, so then you get to this halfway point and you have this shocking moment <laughs> when he comes out of the darkness, I jumped out of my seat in the theater, like to an embarrassing degree. Like I actually think the reveal of the way that he skitters out of the darkness is almost scarier than when we see the woman a few minutes later or whatever. Mm -hmm. Agree. Or seconds, Agree. however fast it was. Like he, oof, like that dude, just a physical actor is like terrifying. Um, I think that part of what makes the smash cut work, because I've seen a lot of movies that try to do this reset and it doesn't always work. It's a very, it's a very bold thing to totally reset your narrative like this. Part of the reason why it works is Justin Long is so fucking good. Like I, I love Justin Long. I'm just a big fan. I like to see my fellow short Kings out there, you know, getting W's out in the world. Um, he's so good. Like, it doesn't feel like a reset because it doesn't feel like you're jumping into a back into an act one of a different movie. Like it's tense from the get go because you're jumping right into this conversation with him and his people. And to then like the other moment, there's a couple of moments he has that really stand out. One of them is, and this was such an interesting screenwriting inclusion, which is the moment where he basically admits to his friend that he raped her, but like, he's not saying it cause he doesn't, He's trying to mince his words so that yeah. he, he's looking for his friend's like approval, right? And this conversation felt, first of all, it's just very like um, authentic to like the way drunk people, drunk bros talk to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm a persistent guy. It's not but, right, but, but we went to that. <laughs> but we've then watched at that point, like almost 30 minutes, I feel like of him denying 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 he's so upset he's like blah 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 it's like this slow ramp up and then this conversation is like this it's a quiet moment in the movie but it's one of the biggest moments in the movie right because like he's just admitting it but he doesn't even understand what he's admitting like he's i don't know there's so fucking much going on in that conversation it's fascinating um and then everything converges. He goes like the, the scene where he's your point, Rachel, this movie's funny as hell. And it's so much about him. Oh the God, scene where he is measuring the murder. Oh my God. Because he, he, what he wants, what he needs to do is sell this house to get money. So he's measuring the hallway and he's Googling like, can you count secret basement as like square footage? 
And he's like pulling it aside. Like, he, he walks mm-hmm. right into the murder room, doesn't notice anything. He's just measuring from side. If we see him doing the math, oh Past my God. the like kennels. Dude. Yeah, that the was the best part. Bloody kennels. <laughs> he comes out across those kennels and looks over and says, what the hell? And then stands up and starts I'm, measuring it. <laughs> I'm telling you, this performance from him is fucking brilliant. And like, it's written so well and he just nails it. And then the movie does even like funnier shit where like, it like keeps the film keeps giving him chances for redemption. And like, he thinks it's his redemption and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then every time he gets up to the line of being able to redeem himself, just totally shits the bed. And it's like, just, (laughs) it's so amazing to watch. And it's part of this film's like just jet black humor. And it continues to ramp up until the end when you just, it, it just keeps getting worse every time he tries to be like a better person. It's just, oh man. Unreal. When he's like, I hurt someone and that matters. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. holy shit. Cut so that like, oh. someone to their death. Um, it's <laughs> also, I mean, that's, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. It's also like a relentlessly disgusting movie in a way that I really appreciate. Like just a, in a <laughs> trashy horror way. Um, and then that's not even to touch on the, the flashback, which is another like fascinating detour that the film takes it's so eerie and surreal seeing that neighborhood all like clean and like kind of pristine. But then to hear the rumblings of like people starting to move out, like, dude, this movie blew my mind. <laughs> like it's, it's so good. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Justin Long thing is a lot of what I'm talking about, like the way that this thing nails like social commentary and his like his lack of arc. To me, what I appreciated was the way that it kept setting him up for not just redemption, but we got to watch him in real time calculate how to justify himself or to rationalize his behavior and how this is how people say I'm a good person while doing bad things. And this and I think I have not seen this done this well ever the real-time calculus that happens and the rationalization that happens um and and the movie doesn't comment on it and it also rightly puts him as a very villainous monstrous role in this he's funny you know like he's entertaining but you never are rooting for him because he's so clearly trash right it's like the (laughs) the interesting thing is like you spend so much time with him and he's so entertaining and it's like it's not like you're rooting for him, but like you are, enjo- I was enjoying spending the time with him. Of like yeah. I almost, I, I got out of the theater and I wanted to just tweet about how much I love Justin Long. And I'm just like, maybe that doesn't work in 190 characters. Maybe I like, don't tweet the rapist. <laughs> right. Well, exactly, exactly. But like, just from a, like, just an acting standpoint, it's just wild. Like he's, he has such an interesting career, I feel like at this point. Well, it does remind me of like uh, when Rachel. Remember when we we did an episode on um, American Psycho, where Mary Heron had talked about how she wanted Christian Bale because because Christian Bale was the only person that understood that that character was pathetic, mm. right? And everyone else thought he was kind of heroic and awesome and badass, and Yikes. Christian Bale was the only one who kind of understood he was a little pathetic. That's so also. interesting. Yeah. And it reminded me of that. Like, I think there's this amazing moment where he looks at Richard Brake when he figures out what Richard Brake is doing. And he's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Right. As if like, and I think that's part of the justification where he's like, I'm not that. This guy's so worse. I'm good. This guy's yeah, worse. I'm not that bad. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not racist because X, I'm not dude. a rapist because of this because I'm not that. That reveal of the serial killer, dude, or what? I mean, whatever we're calling him, he's a serial killer. I mean, or like a serial abductor, mm-hmm. I guess. Like the reveal that he's basically like living in this like underground oubliette or whatever we want to call it. <laughs> like, yeah. I learned that from the labyrinth. Actually, that's a great word. That's I, I a great that. word of the day. I learned that from the labyrinth, <laughs> by the way, David Bowie. Um, like the reveal that he's been living down there and just rotting away. And like this, like fourth generation inbred woman is like taking care of him. Question mark. Holy shit. And that's what I mean by like, it's so disgusting when they reveal and they walk, he walks in that room. There's like a jar on like a big look like a pee jar or something, but maybe not pee. And I was just like, what is in that jar? And why do I have to look at it? More? <laughs> I love Rachel and I went back and forth about that jar a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we have theories. <laughs> I also love how they framed the, the discovery of the oubliette with the uh, flashback to Richard Brick too. Cause like the first thing that Justin Long picked up once he got in there was the woman's dress from the flashback that he mm-hmm. was, the Richard Brake was obviously setting oh, up. So you know what happened to her too. I don't think I caught that. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause he like picked it up. That was like the only piece of clothing that Justin Long had picked it up and looked at. Man, there is too that moment where like, that's such an interesting thing to point out. Uh, Matilda, like, it's like you see when he figures out what this guy, when Justin Long figures out what this guy's been doing, you almost like in his acting see this like relief on his face. Like, holy shit, you're so fucked up. <laughs> like you, yeah. it's subtle, but it's like so interesting. I'm not bad anymore. Right. right. Just look at this. Guy. And I like how yeah. he did, the guy got him to then trick him into handing him his gun. They yeah. painted. <laughs> yeah, that was good too. But all, it was, there's so many little details about Justin Long's character to, prove out how big of a douchebag he is because even when he first got to the house was brushing his teeth and talking to his mom on the phone he was a jackass to her too mm-hmm. so if the guy's gonna be a jackass to his mom he's gonna be a jackass to every woman he ever meets right yeah there was a lot of little things like that that set it up and so it you don't feel totally bad when there's a very non-consensual scene between him and the woman with the tape going. Oh yeah. my god, the in tape. The-, <laughs> the tape and all the like effluvia on the floor of that room. Like, oh. good lord. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Her, her it's room like, looked I mean, pretty clean compared to Richard Briggs. <laughs> it's like a it's like a yeah. ha- it's like a haunted house, the setup in there. Like each room reveals something more horrifying than the last. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fa- the tunnels aspect of this thing is fascinating just to think. And we got a little so we got to see what Richard Brake's uh, routine was in the past and how he did his thing and whatnot. But to think then looking at that and they made sure we knew it was like hard bedrock all around through the tunnels and stuff. The uh, sheer amount of work that he put into that to make this happen. Yeah. Shows how driven he was and how it's, far set he was on this. It's really smart from a like filmmaking and set design standpoint too, the way they set it up, because like I'm talking about with the haunted house, like each one of those little things, they help you orient yourself in the space. Cause otherwise it's just a dark hallway. You don't know where you are, but you yeah. know, because you've seen characters eke in and out, right? You know, it goes murder room, kennels, breastfeeding room. And then like the, the little like underground pit. pit 
and then his room. So then later, no, there was he, the T in the hallway that was marked by the bell. Right. So then later, but like even when they're being chased around, it's cameras going crazy. Like you know if you're getting closer or not, or if you're going deeper in, which is like pretty smart. I also thought it was interesting too, as we're watching Justin Long run through this thing, and he gets to the door of Richard Brick's room in there, and we actually see the woman back off. So they even telegraphed kind of fear, maybe, of what's in there. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I I get the sense that we haven't actually seen the bottom of this pit. You know, the the homeless yeah. or the unhomed gentleman says that there are worse things down there, and I don't think he was talking about Richard Brake. Right. So do <clears throat> I mean I I kind of initially assumed the mother was the person who bit Skarsgård, but maybe not. Maybe not. Because yeah, presumably there. there's there's more down there. Um, and that guy says she comes out at night, right? Like, I love that mm-hmm. detail of him running at. That is such a like, perfectly sort of set up scene because you are terrified yes. for little her. Little girl, don't until go in. It. Little girl, little girl. Just as she gets the door closed, he says something and you're like, oh, no, he's warning her. Yeah. It, it's a great, it's just a good set up little set piece, I think. Yeah, this thing nails it on so many levels. Just, mm. It's a great set piece and another its own piece of subtle commentary, how terrified she is of him. And then for him to really be having been trying to save her, (laughs) but, but again, but then it's just like, you know what? We're going to be a horror movie in this incredible scene where they go and find him in his little like uh, hovel. And he's like, don't worry. She can't get in here. I've been living here for years. He doesn't even get the word years out. And she burst <laughs> through the door. She burst through the metal wall, like the Kool-Aid man and like murders this guy. It is With hilarious. His own limb. Yeah. Yes. Tears <laughs> a limb off and murders him with It's him. just so fun to see. It's it, like, we haven't, you know, I keep like looking back on my list from this year. There haven't been a lot of, at least the, what we've done, like a lot of just horror movie ass horror movies. And this one really is. It's like really not afraid to go there and just be a horror movie. Yeah. And those kinds of things always win me over big time because I'm I'm always kind of, I like the outside of the box stuff, but sometimes I just want you to be trashy. Like it's mm-hmm. okay. And it did it with, without it being like super hyper gory too, which you'd think would be scary. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was filthy and disgusting, it's but it gory. wasn't gory. It's a little and gory. But it's like when we, see the, when we see the end, yeah, but we see it from behind. <laughs> oh well that's different Still? <laughs> yeah i mean you see what happened but there are other movies you know yeah, I guess that would true. be their focus of watching that face split part right <laughs> yeah i, think, I mean I think the gore for me my body was the hair on the nipple like that is what i was like yeah i'm leaving yep. because i can't my my psych my psyche cannot handle this moment so i'm gonna my psyche's gonna go get some popcorn because <laughs> i don't think i can see the hairy nipple anymore <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I loved uh, that. I also thought that was so smart between the two of them that she's down there and she's like, just be the baby. Yeah. Right. And he has like no submit response. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like no, there, yeah. he can't do it. That's yeah. That scene where she was trying to tell him like where the, um, our other like protagonist is trying to tell him like, just do it. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Tess is like, just do it. You're not entirely sure how long she's been down there. Maybe days, I guess. But like, you're like, is she like surviving and whatever's in that bottle? And like, what's in that bottle? Yeah. It wasn't clean. Yeah. It wasn't. They said it had been two weeks oh, since they It wasn't to sanitary. Yeah. Whatever was in that bottle, I'll tell you that much. I mean, as we learned, 
There's a lot of antibodies in that closet. I love it because, like, I love it because, like, you know, the 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 girl we watch her journey discovering the creepiness of the house and like she's uneasy for a lot of it right so like when something messed up happens to her not that you're prepared for any of that but she's gone on a journey to get there justin long goes from measuring for his zillow ad to in the pit in like five seconds and then you get to see him real time be like what the fucking fuck like he's like losing (laughs) his mind so good yeah i mean i think that there's this contrast between the way that she moves through the house and the way that he moves through the house you know and and why it is so unreal to him that he could possibly be put in this kind of position he moves like whereas she's moved through a world where like caution is an essential life-saving skill he moves through Um, the world yeah that's a good point he moves through the world like very entitled like and the way he speaks to people Mm -hmm. privilege yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he won't even tell his mom is he won't even tell his mom that he's in town. He's super hyper sales. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's interesting. He yeah. hangs up in the middle of her. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, but she literally says to him in that phone call, when are you coming back to Detroit? We'd love to see you. And he's like, uh, I'm pretty busy, mom. It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. And whereas we also get like Tessa's experience with the police, right? Yes, like, when oh, God. Yeah. I have been a hostage. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. Like, that's pretty fascinating that was, too. And they basically just think she's like a drug addict. It mm-hmm. wasn't that scene after she climbed out of the window. I think it was later when they came back and that window had broken out. But there was a scene where the mother—I'm going to call her the mother because that's what the shit's credited on as IMDb—that chased them out of the basement and was standing in that broken-out window, mm-hmm. uh, basement window from the outside of the front of the house. I thought that was a beautiful shot. It was just super creepy to see that there, <sighs> the way she kind of disappeared into the shadows. That scene, too, that sequence with that part, and then the cops, like the when she meets the homeless guy the second time, he's like, "She will come out here after dark. Like you got to be gone." So she gets out. Basically, she walks out of the neighborhood and is, is away. Then the cops bring her back to the house and then leave her there, like at twilight, basically. And it's like, it's a that's just a great tension moment where you realize like she's just been brought all the way back to where she was. Yeah, and they're like, "All we have is you and a broken window." Right. Yeah. So I don't have like fully formed thoughts around this, but I do think this is interesting, like an interesting trend we're seeing where these films are being, horror films are being set in Detroit. We had, you know, It Follows, we had Don't Breathe, and now we have this. I thought of, don't, I, I don't, I thought of don't Breathe when, yeah, when I was watching mm-hmm. this. I just wonder what it like kind of says about contemporary America that like this is like our new, like this is where our American f- essentially full core is taking place. Well, you know, it's interesting. Of, yeah, I, yeah. I imagine well, I if mean, you... Candy Man's fits into that yeah. idea there you too, go. not necessarily Detroit. I imagine but, if you, you live know. in Detroit, you probably think these are like exploitative, which I understand. I was going back and forth on this during the movie, but also mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, man, we need to set horror movies somewhere, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, But there is something incredibly haunting about these like suburban neighborhoods that are just in blight, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. there's something that maybe hits home a little harder than when you see like, say a city Mm -hmm. that's bad or, you know, that's like broken down, like to just see them be fully abandoned and kind of reclaimed by nature. Another similar thing, it's different, but I don't know if you remember the Fright Night remake. Oh yeah. But that was set in a neighborhood where like, 
only a handful of families really lived there. And then it's just empty McMansions, like right. as far as the eye could see. Because it was like yeah. Vegas mm. after the housing bust. Like, yeah. Bubble burst. So like, yeah. There's mm. something about mm. abandoned suburbia that's like very haunting, I feel like. I do think it's telling though that when we get our flashback to Richard Brake's character, that it's like very clear it's in the eighties, like uh the lead up to Reagan being elected, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can draw this direct parallel to like those policies to where we are. And yeah. I, I don't know. I just thought it was I haven't fully formed my thoughts around this, but I, I feel like there's some there there mm-hmm. yeah i so that flashback scene they didn't announce that it was a flashback correct oh no it's another smash cut no yeah because for some reason it didn't click on me right away that that was a flashback and i was telling eric about this last night and you too a little bit rachel i didn't dawn on me what all that flashback and how it tied in until i pulled in the driveway at home it didn't diminish <laughs> the movie from me either i think i had a good idea in my head what was going on but the gears hadn't necessarily like the puzzle pieces didn't necessarily snap in it's like oh crap because like i was just thinking about it the radio talking about reagan should have been my first clue because i was actually confused about that it's like why are they talking about reagan <laughs> at some point i mean it's kind of Fairly obvious that they're in a before time, like the yeah. technology cars and stuff. But there's like some shots of the neighborhood when he's rolling through the mirror shots we had seen. So that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, we're yeah. like in the same place. Well, I may have just been in a dense mood because I remember when he finally, when they finally show him walk into his house the first time and walk back and go in the basement. My first thought was that's the exact same layout as that house. Right. <laughs> the other Because <laughs> in my mind, where this my is, mind had decided this is this weird. Was going. It's a, there's, they put, no, go ahead. My mind had a, in my mind, I didn't know where those tunnels were going. And so I think my mind had latched on the idea that there was a network of tunnels between those houses. Mm -hmm. He was also in there in modern times, maybe being the other person down there, not thinking that he was the guy in the past that built it. It's interesting. They put in that moment where his neighbors basically like, yeah, we're getting the hell out. Are you getting out? And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. It's like, I liked how that was actually kind of a funny scene too, where the neighbor is just talking to him. He just does not give a shit. Like he's just so clearly like checked out from what, from reality and the neighbors just a, pattering on. That's a, another actor too, uh, Kurt Braunholer, who's a pretty well, fairly well-known TV comedian, uh, sitcoms and stuff like that. So seeing him in that scene with uh, Richard Brake in a horror movie was kind of weird too. Mm. I mean, weird in a good way. Any uh, any other moments? Did we miss anything? There's there's just a lot. It's pretty jam packed with like crazy yeah. moments. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so gonna, I'm, can, should we talk about lot. him? Him, his decision to um, tell Mama to go get her baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> And then afterwards, he's like, but you, you totally get it, right? Like, he's trying to like, I had get no other her. choice, right? He's trying to get to her. I didn't mean to let go. He's <laughs> trying to get her to like, yeah, like placate his guilt. Dude, when he hucks her off the top of that thing, oh my, because that's like the crescendo of him mm-hmm. like building himself up. Like he's going to be a good person. And then he just like heave hose her off the top. <gasps> Holy shit. It's so good. I, I mean, my theater was like. La- I mean, what can you do but laugh when that happens? Yeah. Like, it's completely yeah. insane. <laughs> but, it's but it's interesting because it's this total character turn for the mother too, right? Yes. And you realize that she survived because in midair, like the mother has like cradled her. And you're like, you get this reversal of who the monster is. And to this point, you're like kind of with the human, like, you know, I'm human. That's yeah. not very kind to the mother. But you know what I mean? Um, you're with them as your protagonist. And then when you see 
I, I, in that moment, I felt sadness for her. I felt yeah, exactly. like right. that she was oh, also yeah. a victim in this. Whereas I don't know that I felt that way. You know, like when she got hit by the car, I was like, yeah, get her. But then in this moment, I was kind of, you know, I felt a character turn for me on, in that moment. And it's like these subtle, small things in this film that really elevate it. You know, like I think you can absolutely engage on like a super surface level. But then there's these subtle little moments like the turning in this, in, you know, protecting her that you're like oh no this movie is actually talking about things on other levels um that is really cool about this movie Mm -hmm. i don't even remember does justin long die oh yeah i totally forgot however that happened (laughs) oh the eyeballs (laughs) (laughs) got it now it's coming back to me (laughs) there's a lot to remember (laughs) but i love the ending of this too because once we got to that with that scene with justin long and then she walks or (laughs) And the gunshot, she starts walking. It was so abrupt after all the chaos we watched and the nuttiness and the bananas. And then she pulls out that gun, bang, credits roll. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> Motown, be my little baby. Yeah, we didn't have to worry about the we didn't have to worry about the double tap, you know, the cliche slasher movie. Oh. They're going to get back up and all that crap. Be my little yeah. baby. I get it. Yeah, did not put that together. That's funny. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, I think we're all pretty pretty high in this one. Would you recommend it, Rachel? Oh, in a heartbeat. And I would like people to strap a camera to their front, like a front facing camera, so that I can watch them see this movie unfold. Sure. <laughs> Casey, I like Rachel's answer. I want to see that too. Yes, I love this. One. Matilda, y- yes, and please text me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Samesies for me. Um, I'm, I got a. Th- I think I have a tough decision coming up here on my top ten list. So let's take a quick break mm-hmm. and do that. It began in the outer reaches of the universe. They're coming. An alien war that spread throughout the galaxies. The final battle has landed in the brown backyard. Critters, check them out at a theater. Before they check you out at home. Critters, rated PG-13. Critters opening soon at a theater near you. Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. The Troma team likes to kick back and listen to Bloody Good Horror because Bloody Good Horror is the best television there is. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. Man. You'll be all right. <laughs> here's my current. Here's my current top five. Uh, nope. X. Prey. Mad God. And Spine of Night. 
So then my bottom five are Orphan First Kill over my dead body. Will that one go? Fresh, Pearl, Watcher, and Torn Hearts. The bump is easy. I'm bumping Torn Hearts. That's not hard. It's a, it's a, it's a fun little... Up. It's a fun little trifle, but it's not long for my list. Not this year. This year is wild. I'm going to... I'll have to let this marinate. Sometimes I change these last minute, but... I'm going to I'm going to put this at number 3. I'm going to give so I got Nope X and Barbarian and then Prey. I might actually like Prey's good, but I really loved. You know what? Real time folks, make the magic happen. I'm going to I want to put Mad God and Spine of Night at 4 and 5 and I'm going to move Prey down to 6. Those are my dark horse picks this year. They're my they're my babies. <laughs> and I will nurture them as they deserve to be nurtured. Speaking of Mad God, Mad God Gulag on Shutter. <laughs> I got so excited. My only complaint is I wish it was Phil Tippett's Mad God Gulag on Shutter because I just lo I love that branding. Um, <laughs> it's like a hell furnace with a face, and then sitting on top is like a pumpkin. And then for the first like 15 minutes, you see the little automaton sort of behind the pumpkin. You just see them going like this, like they're carving it, but you don't <laughs> see what they're doing. And then after like the 15 minutes, this like arcane gear sound happens and the pumpkin slowly turns around and it's like, it looks like it's modeled after the pumpkin from the original Halloween. It's what it looks like to me, to my eye. Um, yeah, and I, there's no jump scares. I don't know if you guys, you guys were not on the show, I don't think, last fall. I don't think it's been a, f maybe you were. Uh, time is oh, we were, a flat yeah. circle. No, I mean, because I know we contributed to the, the year end. Yeah, okay, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. The last two years, the Gulag has had like jump scares in it. And <laughs> I am rapidly against this because I think it goes against the spirit <laughs> of the Gulag, which is to be pleasantly calming ambient noise like yes i get its horror but we find things like okay so the first year it's like there's weird spooky shit but it's all blended enough that it just sounds like white noise the one year they hired larry fessenden to do it there was literally shit screaming at me in the middle of it like jump scaring me it's not that one. feels right <laughs> So I spent multiple times last year tweeting at people I knew worked at Shutter, imploring them <laughs> to fix this situation. And I don't, I don't want to like presume here, but I think I might have fixed this myself. I think I might have gotten out in front of this. Don't let anyone tell you that social activism, social media activism, doesn't work. Okay, we have you have made the change you wanted to see in the world. I did. I really <laughs> did. I really did. I would argue, though, that you actually did make the world a slightly better place in that moment because, you know, we don't need a jump scare. My thing with Shudder is I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Like Me too. That when they are like a little off, they're my baby, too. Like, I want to yeah. help you. Help me help you. Like, when that first season of Creepshow came out and I really did that, like, anthology and I just thought it wasn't very good and I had, like, very specific reasons... They sent me a survey randomly one day and we're like, hey, what'd you think of Creepshow? And I was like, oh, sir, let me tell you what I thought about it. I wrote, I wrote <laughs> no, like a, I have 45 to 55 minutes to do this. I wrote a term paper 
like the last thing they gave me an open blank and I wrote like a term paper. Very nice. I was not mean. I was like, listen, listen, guys, here's what you need. Listen, I'm up. not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> now just disappointed and just accept it. <laughs> I like it. I think I'm sure I talked about this in the show, but man, like back in college when they would let us write reviews of professors, if you were like a professor I didn't like, oh. I would just eviscerate you. And it was obvious because we'd be writing in like pencil and everyone else would be gone. <laughs> And you'd be the last person there just like furiously writing down like, this person is the worst. <laughs> I'm actually fairly certain I got a professor fired once. So you're welcome. Students of St. Rose in Albany, New York. All right. Anyway, Gulag. It's pretty cool. Um, a couple of things going on now for Halloween. We got Jody, who um, is a dad from the crypt. Currently, my dog is hacking up along behind me, and that's what that noise is. I listen to that 24 7. Um, so, Jody, I can't remember if Jody's been in the show or not. I know Mondo has been on the show. I think maybe he was on once. Uh, but these are the guys who, Dads in the Crypt, they do, they review Tales in the Crypt episodes. And Jody also writes for Bloody Good Horror. He's doing a 31 Days of Halloween horror movie challenge. And I've decided to join in and we're like five days in and I'm like actually on track for like maybe the first time ever. Um, so far we watched Hush, uh, awesome. My Best Friend's Exorcism, The Video Dead, and Sweetheart. Although I only made it like halfway through Sweetheart because I'm not, I'm not a fan of that movie. Um, really? Okay. It's The Boyfriend. I hate his face so much I can't watch it when he shows up. I mean, the first fair. half, the first half is pretty great. The boyfriend is he ruins the whole movie. That's fair. So if you go to bloodygoodhorror.com, check that out. There's also, um, a thread on Slack, like October Scarathon or something it's called. Um, and you can follow along. People are kind of rapping about the movies and stuff. You're poor dog. <laughs> like, do I mute? Like, I don't know, whatever. I'm just going to pretend it's some like mad god automaton <laughs> doing stuff in the background. <laughs> oh, good lord. This, this big. Um, yeah. <laughs> just a quick reminder we are um, giving away some gift codes for our patrons to HalloweenCostumes.com. This is like a classy Halloween costume type website. Uh, we're going to be giving away $175 and $50 um, coupons. All you have to. <laughs> Fucking can't with the dog. <laughs> oh. That's how I wake up every day, by the way, about 5 a.m., which is not when my alarm goes off. Um, like an old asthmatic man living in your house. All you have to do. It's a little oubliette over there. <laughs> oh, God. Door shut. I wish. I need a soundproof one to put him in. All you need to do is be a patron, um, and we're going to draw that um, October 13th, which is, I think, next week. So if you're a patron, you are already entered. If not, you can go to patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. You can get the live video stream of this show, get on Slack, get to the classics feed. In fact, I keep meaning to do this to tell people what's out on the classics feed. And um, this week, it is Zombieland Double Tap came out this Monday morning. We released that. Um, week before that, it was our episode on Cooties. Classic. Was Elijah Wood was Cooties? 
Yeah. So get all that and more patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And this is amazing. We've actually set, I mean, we've set our schedule for like over the next month. I'm not going to get too cocky and say all these things because that seems like just a bad idea. But uh, next week, 1014, we're doing Hellraiser. Um, 1021, Halloween ends. Can't wait. 1028, we called it. Casey and I went out. We're going to do the Spirit Halloween movie starring Christopher Lloyd. Get get ready for that. And then um, after that, you know, typically once we're into November, it's like we're in makeup territory trying to get in stuff before the end of the year. So we're going to be getting bodies, bodies, bodies in. We're definitely going to be doing Terrifier 2. Um, We're going to be doing Fall, I think it's called, because that's that's mine. Mm. I want to watch Fall. Mm -hmm. So there it is. Um, One email this week, info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Caitlin from Kissimmee. Did you know they remade Goodnight Mommy with Naomi Watts and the kid from The Boys? He's Homelander's son. There you go. Oh. I didn't know it was the kid from The Boys. I, I did know they Naomi remade, Watts was in it. I did know they remade it. I've heard absolutely nothing about it. That movie was good, but very unpleasant to watch. I don't really feel like watching it again. <laughs> yeah. That's I've, seen, I've seen the remake. <clears throat> what do um, you think? It is, it's pretty toothless. Uh, Naomi, Naomi Watts is pretty good in it, of course, because she's Naomi Watts. But... um. I wouldn't say that you need to rush to see it for the end of the year. Top 10. I'll just say that. Which is better. Uh, the original. The for OG. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, I just rewatched it. It is deeply unpleasant, yeah. but good. Undeniably good, but also like a feel bad movie. Of the year. <laughs> it is a feel bad movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Casey, uh, what do we got on Twitter? We got a lot to bang through on Instagram tonight. All right. We got three tweets out there on Twitter tonight. Let me find them here. Uh, first up, we come up with at Leaky Pencils. When spooky season hits, what's the first movie you reach for? Do you go with your all-time favorites, or do you save those for later in the month? Hmm. Oh, the, what, your Halloween rewatches? Is that what that was? Yeah, what, for your spooky season watching. I watch my favorites all year round on repeat, basically. So like, by, when we get to Halloween, I really end up watching other stuff. It's when I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to go watch this thing I've only seen once. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I always do that so at the beginning. Of the month. Yeah. There's so yeah. many new things that usually I don't even have time to revisit a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know what? I do revisit every year, and this is like a bedtime thing. As I watch Over the Garden Wall every every oh. um, October. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, Blair Witch for me, but I watch that like seven times a year, probably on it. If I'm honest, <laughs> um. Since we did it on the show, Ghost Watch has become a yearly kind of Halloween ritual for me. Yeah. Um, we have, I always start randomly at the beginning of the month and then save the good stuff for like the last week going into Halloween, like like the Halloweens and uh, trick or treat, things like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. I start watching all the new stuff because all this stuff that's been held for so long starts getting released. So the day I saw Barbarian, I also watched black phone finally and half of sissy and nice <laughs> yeah it's it's the only time of year i wish i still had cable because i do miss just putting on like fear fest or whatever they're calling it now monster fest or whatever in the background mm-hmm. yeah yeah like every streaming service has some like hall like you know halloween hub full of stuff and i'm yeah. just like i don't have the hours that's why I always go to the Hall- the Hulu like soup the shorts. They always release mm-hmm. all these like interesting shorts, and so oh. I always watch those. <laughs> yeah. Yay, spooky season! <laughs> all, I, all I'm thinking about now, there's a 
uh, with the spooky seasons. And the big part of that is Halloween specials. And there's, I don't know if you've all seen solar opposites on Hulu, which is a cartoon by the Rick and Morty creator. No. Yes. Um, they put out a Halloween special this year and it's got a fantastic cameo in it. Yes. Watch for my interview with the cast of oh, nice. com. Nice. <laughs> I'll just say that the dads from the Crypt guys, if you're listening, you really need to watch the, spe- the mm-hmm. Solar Opposite mm-hmm. special. Yep. That's a hint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up at Miles on Film, between Gabriel from Malignant and the mother from this film, the past few years have given us some really memorable horror characters. With that in <laughs> mind, what is a Freddy versus Jason style mashup that you'd like to see with characters from the modern era? I'm too fried for this question. What do you guys have? I know. The minute, the minute I, these questions get asked, I'm like, what is a horror movie? What is a monster? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think you need somebody sassy, right? So like maybe Pennywise, is that recent enough? Would be sure. would be half of the scenario. As long as it's a Skarsgård one, yeah. What about Pennywise yeah. versus Skarsgård in this movie? Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's not a, the mirror has two faces. I don't know. Contest, but they could just stare at each other and do that weird googly eye thing that he does. Deep My issue is always that, like, if I love a character, I don't want to see that character fight. That's adorable. I'm more interested in seeing like a buddy comedy. <laughs> that character. That so is like, like that is like the most that is like the purest thing I've ever heard, and I love it. <laughs> I want a buddy comedy with like Mama from this movie and like the bird from Hatching. Like some kind of road trip situation. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> it's like they're the perfect match. That's a perfect combo, though, because yeah. the bird from Hatching just wanted a mama. They could really, yeah. make, they could really make each other happy. I like. What about uh, Gabriel from Malignant and that uh, Darth Maul looking dude from Insidious? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Gabriel is definitely a good choice, just because we can see him do like his weird parkour and like throw tables at whoever backwards, but. Yeah, but who who could like <laughs> who has that level of sass, you know? Although I, I guess know. Jason was silent, right? So, hmm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. All right, last one here. Uh we have from at Drake Dangerson one. Great name. When is the last time you had a t- had to turn off a mo- horror movie because it was so terrible and you <laughs> noticed 40 minutes were still left? Oh. I love the idea that you could turn off a horror movie because you aren't watching it for a podcast. Yeah, same. <laughs> I um, have who suffered through some things. I, I was think the last a... time that I was actively angry at the use of my time was when Ariel made us watch Hagazusa. <laughs> we, I believe you've ranted about this movie more than once on the show, too. Yeah. I'm mad about it. <laughs> I think this is uh, my spooky gulags <laughs> jump scare moment. I need to go on the internet. <laughs> I need to take to social media. <laughs> we didn't stop, but I wish we had. Poor Rachel got these texts on Saturday night that I was like, I don't oh. want to shock you. But this Rob Zombie Monsters movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> 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 what if Chuck Lorre wrote a Monsters movie? Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> it's terrible. Actually, I wish I had stopped. I, we went through all the Hellraiser movies recently and like everything post five, I would desperately wanted to stop. I wanted to hit the eject, but especially when we got to like the one where it's just like a family drama with like some light incest. I was, um, yeah. Is that the last Hellra- one with the like 
It's the second to last one. Mm. There's like the weird like vomit assessor guy, and the last one would, that one was all right, but the one before that. Is, I've never seen anything past four. Mm. No bloodlines. <laughs> I've seen bloodlines. Is that five? That's, that's space. No, that's four. That's four because there's like the weird CD head one is yeah, three. So four is as far as I've gone. Five. I watched all the way through Chubby. Uh, Five is the one with like the police guy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's directed by Scott Derrickson. That, that's the one where they began just straight up like taking other scripts and then being like, could this be mm-hmm. Hellraiser? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but that one's interesting. It has like a very strange, like yeah. sinister cowboy scene out of nowhere. I don't know. I do like a good sinister cowboy. You know, it's oh, fun. I have a movie for you then. It's called Hellraiser Inferno. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> it's funny that uh, I just dawned on me, but the new Hellraiser, since we were talking about it, it's starting to get some buzz with the normies too. I've had at least two people at work ask me about if I've heard of it this week or seen hmm. it yet. Bummer, it's not going to theaters. I wish it was. Yeah. I wonder how it would do in theaters. I don't know. It's I kind of I mean, feel like. Hellraiser. Yeah. But I mean, only. One Hellraiser was ever released theatrically, I think. <clears throat> I'm pretty excited for it. You've seen it, right, Rachel? Mm-hmm. I do like... This is... Listen, what I'm about to say, this is a horror nerd thing. This is not real. This is just... It's, it's a me thing. There is like a look to those first two movies. They're like smudgy and vapory and like smoky in that like 80s film kind of way where like just mm-hmm. gratuitous smoke machines and... Uh, moody lighting and like this new trailer yeah like it was good but everything is so clean i like make Mm -hmm. it dirty i want it to be dirty yeah it's i found myself thinking a lot about the new Candyman film when i watched it in terms of like there is it's rare that you're in the moment in the moment you can kind of see like oh this is the modern aesthetic yeah i miss grain i miss grain a lot honestly and Candyman is like that Candyman movie is pretty decent, but it really, it is, mm-hmm. it's that same kind of like overly clean kind of vibe. Yes, that is, that is, that is the aesthetic of this for sure. Like, and I, I feel like individual movies used to have their own aesthetic. Like mm-hmm. I could paint a picture in my head of Hellraiser right now. And it doesn't look like any other movie that doesn't have, and it's right. not even about this Hellraiser specifically. It's like all modern horror it just kind of looks the same to me, which is why when I see something like mad God, I'm like, okay, I'll never forget this. Cause like <laughs> nothing looks like this. Yeah. I mean, and I would argue that barbarian also has like a very much its own vibe, mm. but this has a very like kind of like sleek urban setting kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we'll see what you guys think. You know, I'm curious to see what you guys are going to think about it. So, I'm trying not to tip my so, hand, but I have such a rubber face. I'm like so restrained. I love it. All right. Is that a, is that a case? I mean, I'm past the embargo. I'm mostly just trying to protect your Please. like unsullyedness. I like to go in unsullied. <laughs> Casey, that's it for tweets. Love it. Uh, number first one. That's not a question. Uh, have you ever listened to the, the Video Palace? It's produced by Shutter and pretty good. Yes, I um, have. This is like you'd like it. Other than Limetown, this is the only other narrative horror podcast I've ever enjoyed, and it's probably my second favorite after Limetown because Limetown, the first season of Limetown, is amazing. It's so good. 
for and for a few years after it came out, um, Video Palace, I'd I would wa- listen to it during this time of year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Eric got me to listen to it. Now it I'm gonna be wondering great. if there's a. I know at some point they were making another season, but I don't know if it came out. I know they made a book. There's a book out. Ooh. I don't want to read a book, Rachel. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, is it an audio book? <laughs> you know how busy I am. Jesus. Yeah, I need to. Multiply. I can't listen to audiobooks. They put me to sleep. I need like full oh, production. Really? Yeah. I love a good audiobook. Because uh, I can be doing other things while I while I still have the superiority of saying I read this book. I can't follow yes. it. Like I have trouble. <laughs> I have trouble reading for the same reason. I'm like a reread the same page over and over kind of person, and it's worse when I'm listening. Like I'm not following what's happening. Mm. Um, what's something you do in real life that would get you killed in a horror movie? Mm. My answer to this was uh, I wear earplugs when I sleep sometimes. <laughs> Which we, Rachel, you and I have discussed before. Listen, gotta keep, that's smart. That's just smart. I understand it's for sound, but no, the it's for side sound. benefit it is arachnid huh. deterrence. I have a little. <laughs> I have a little spider friend that lives outside my door, and I say hi to him every night when I take my dog out. And he laughs at you and says, "My children will invade." <laughs> <laughs> I just leave him. I just leave him be. I feel like he's keeping bugs out. Uh, I yeah, talk you to everyone. You how you, you die in a horror movie, by the way. <laughs> What's that, Matilda? I talk to everyone. You're which like, would Hi. probably get me. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably in the same boat as Matilda. I think Matilda and I probably get along really well if we went to the bar or something, because I'll talk to anybody, too. I'm pretty extroverted. I talk to no one. It's great. I talk to everyone, but everyone talks to Rachel. Like, if you go out with Rachel, she's like a Wonder Woman truth lasso. People just walk up and say the worst thing about themselves. And then they're like, okay, goodbye. I'm like, I'm, I'm presenting circus clown. You're supposed to be afraid of me. I want to engage. (laughs) (laughs) But I will be in the quiet corner with Eric uh, being antisocial. That sounds great. (laughs) It's fun there. And then when you're ready to leave, you just leave. You don't say goodbye to anyone. Ooh, see, I, this, okay, 2023, is it too early for your New Year's resolutions? I want to do, like, the the exit quiet. The Irish, other people that do it, I feel deep, like, envy for, the Irish, but I can never uh, do it. Irish goodbye? Yeah. It's real easy. Sometimes I will pick out just the one person who's important to me and say goodbye to them, and if other people happen to notice, right. I'll just give them, like, a wave as I'm out the door. But um, no, I've I especially when I used to go to parties and bars and shit, I would just fucking peace out like without talking to anyone. <laughs> I just feel like you leave people wanting more. Like when they find out you're gone, they're like, oh, yeah, it's like a comedian. <laughs> go out on top. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I just know what a certain listen. I have like chronic pain. I'm tired all the time. I just know at a certain point at a gathering, I'm no fun anymore. Like exactly like I'm going to leave at the top of my game and not just sit here and be a bummer at some point. And do you have like the introvert sudden, like, uh, like the battery goes from 20% yes. to 0% yes. where you're like, I'm out. I just have what it takes to get home. Exactly. Yes. And, exactly. <laughs> and that's what it is. I don't have the energy to say goodbye and have conversations with all of you motherfuckers. Like I just, <laughs> you can't do another full round of the room at no. that point. Like, no, yeah. and it's insane. See, I'm the exact opposite. Colleen's been trying to talk me into auditioning for big brother for years because she thinks i can be friends oh, objects. oh you would crush in any sort yeah. of like social game like that casey yeah. you would be a juggernaut <laughs> mm-hmm. oh 
Uh, no, you would. <laughs> what would make you decide to explore a hidden passageway? Not much. Literally nothing. <laughs> you better hope you're not stuck in there because I'm not going in. I don't so, know. I'd go in if, like, Call or Delaney were stuck in there. The rest of you may be shit out of luck. Like, like this... if I saw my cat disappear down the hallway, maybe. But, like, Matilda can tell you that I'm very suspicious, like, especially in Airbnb situations, <laughs> which have led. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the fear would overtake me so much. I don't think I would be physically capable of going down the hallway in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it would take me no... It would take almost no prompting for me to want to know for my curiosity. Oh, to get that's the fascinating. Of me. That's fascinating. I found that very relatable when she's pulling the rope. I was like, of course you get an, you go to an old house, Airbnb, you're going to touch every. Here's the thing. I wouldn't yes. even go. I wouldn't even go down in the basement. Basements scare me. Like, no, I wouldn't have been down there. I'm so paranoid. Matilda can tell you that like I search every nook and cranny of an Airbnb and I sent us on a little bit of a fool's errand last time. You you tell a story. Matilda. It's not a fool's errand, but that you went, you were, we had a few of us zombie girls and partners had rented this Airbnb up in a cabin up in the woods. And um, I believe the planning email was called no stabbing, no stabbing in this <laughs> cabin. Was this? <laughs> and we I'm went a up and lady. <laughs> I do worry about cameras and Airbnbs. Me too. Me. Well, too. I think that's part of what you were worried about. So the upstairs bathroom, which was our bathroom, you know how Airbnbs they have locks on the doors because they lock up their supplies, right? If it's somebody's house where they live there, some of the time they'll lock the pantry or they'll lock a closet with, so you don't leave with their all their toilet paper or whatever. Um, and. In the little bathroom, there was a door right in front of us that was locked, and you the noticed that facing there was the toilet, facing the toilet, and there was a light on underneath it. Oh. <laughs> and Rachel's I, like, I, I, I on like day two, and I like went in at night, and I for some reason hadn't flipped the light on just in time, and I saw a line of light underneath the door creepy. to the bath to the weird. Already, why is there a door literally in the like separate toilet section of the bathroom? There, there was another door. So then I enlisted everyone, and <laughs> Matilda came up with the brilliant plan. We slid a mirror under <laughs> the door, and all took turns laying on the floor trying and to I was, see things. I, I was, was sure like, I was going to says... eye contact with someone. So was what sure was it? it. Well, I was like under there. You're like, I'm too scared. And I was like, just stay with me. But I was like, it says Kirkland to ply. <laughs> it was just like a closet. <laughs> I see so the Kirkland live. signature label. That's hilarious. And this was before Barbarian. I was already sure there was a murder toilet clo- the, um, closet. One of well, our- you, remember, you remember Eric at our uh, Milwaukee uh, meetup, our Milwaukee, second right? Airbnb with uh, John Shelton and then uh, he showed oh, well, up at our house the next morning. It's like, we got a murder base. They were in a murder base, but our Airbnb was like some weird swinger house where yeah. there was a um, fireplace in the main room. The back of the fireplace was made out of glass. And if you like bent down and looked through it, you saw right into the room Schnars was staying in. Oh, it was wide open all the way through. Because Schnars went in there to go change his clothes, put his shirts on for bed. We're all like, hey! <laughs> How you it's doing? And he's fails. like, oops! <laughs> <laughs> Matilda, you actually had a literal murder basement in your neighborhood. This is terrifying. Yeah. Oh. The top of my street about 15 years ago, there was something that apparently really flipped out the cops that a woman was rescued from and oh. did not survive. Like a full barbarian situation. Ooh. It was, yeah, and 
Thank you, Bay Area Real Estate. I believe the last listed price on this house that it sold for last time was like eight hundred seventy nine thousand. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. And the and the new owners, they we have one of those like block parties once a year and we met the new owners and we're like, You live in the we're, they're like, We know, we know it's in the disclosures. <laughs> and they're like, Yeah, it's um I the, they painted it all white and it has like four thousand watt light bulbs. In you know what's funny is like I don't think I believe in ghosts, but if you were gonna give me that house, I think I'd be like I'm good. Like, <laughs> this is how you get ghosts. Right. The house with the like unidentified DNA. <laughs> it's like, I don't think I believe in ghosts until I'm confronted with a, just the idea of a decision like that. And then I'm like, no fucking mm-hmm. way. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. I believe that in the papers that there was something that was a quote from the investigators that was like silence of the lambs style, I believe was oh, the phrase they God. used. But- oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a bummer. Um, oh, come on over, Rachel. Do you do what I do, which is any time I'm in a place, I check under the mattress for bed bugs. Oh, one hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah, million percent. You lift Every up the crack. Lift up the corners. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you know what they're similar to? Spiders, and they will come home with you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you ever seen arachnophobia, Rachel? It what? is probably partially responsible for why I'm a broken human. It's a real, it's a real yucky movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, it's but it'll amazing. warp you. Um, <laughs> next up, do not get tricked into watching the 2021 film Barbarians. Not good. Because <laughs> it has, I wanted to see it because it has Ramsey Bolton in it. Oh yeah, that dude's creepy. Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think is in that baby bottle? Ick. Love you all. Happy spooky season. That's from Tia. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> Nothing know. good. <laughs> Nothing good. Well, you can live on it for at least two weeks. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what are outside fall Halloween activities you can do alone without it being weird? Question mark. Hiking. I think. Yes. I think you. We should normalize just doing things alone and being weird. Honestly. Yes. You can talk to people. You can talk to strangers once you get there. That's my tip. <laughs> All the She's not kidding. I've been hiking with her. I'm, it's already. You the t- make friends and I almost, I get bit by dogs. This is our hiking experience. <laughs> it's already the time of year where I just want to be inside in sweatpants until May. So I'm not really looking for like outdoor activities. But We have one of those like, you know, those like Christmas tree streets where everybody it's at, like in the HOA that everybody has to just go bat shit at christmas yeah. and decorate their house I, apparently they do stuff at halloween that would be a fun thing like just I, go look at everybody's Halloween. i just posted my neighbors yeah. over here posted this in my stories and instagram have two of those 12 foot things and that's like their whole yard is filled with other crap too but they have two of these things they light up at night they've got like red floodlights on them and like it's in, they're terrifying and they have eyes that light up i didn't know that those like home depot 12 foot things nice I want one, but I feel like it would get stolen immediately. All mm-hmm. I can do is look You're at this. Too. All I can do is look at this yard and be like, "What are your jobs? How much money did all this cost? Did you go into like debt for that? Like, I'm looking at like thousands of dollars of crap in this lawn next door to me. No, you build it over the years. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm buying window clings from the dollar store because that's what <laughs> what I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> but outdoor 
Whereas you could set up your own bucket and bob for a single apple. That's not a, <laughs> if you're not a shame-based person. I love that. <laughs> um, Bill Skarsgård, hot or not? Definitely going with hot over here. I'd say yes. He is yeah. so off-putting in the beginning stages of this movie. Yeah. That's also how I felt. Definitely off. I feel like you can't not see him as Pennywise at this point is the problem. Well, he's just got that resting creep face. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, like, that's like a non-traditional kind of yeah. sex appeal to me. Cute and upsetting sometimes are right. Like he's handsome. I feel in like a and duplex, you know, what and I he, mean? he does turn. <laughs> he does turn in the movie and become charismatic, too. I mean, like the girls yeah. kind of like into him at some point. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's that's a. I did. We didn't really talk about it, but that was like part of this movie. I loved. There was a point where, like, well, he really was a good guy, I guess. <laughs> but right, yeah. and, and but you you're aware of that for two seconds before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> right. At first, you're like, is he running some kind of like art collective where they make snuff films? Like, that is such right. a. It's such oh, a. See, I I was just like everything he said made him seem more and more and more suspicious. I was like, sure, you've you've seen that one documentary. Sure, you're in the the people that she's you're coming to interview. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like all of that, I felt like was I was like trying to figure out was like did he research her before? I was it's, going down these conspiratorial trails, yeah. and then it just turned such a well like a normal dude. Yeah, it's such a well drawn like red herring. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Last question of the night. Which is the better Justin Long role, Barbarian or Tusk? <laughs> I do enjoy Tusk, but I'll go with Barbarian. Tusk is a Tusk is a staggering work of art. I will say that. But this performance is, I think, much more enjoyable to watch because you don't at the end you don't have to watch him get sewed into a walrus yeah. carcass. Well, he's really chewing the scenery here, though. Too. It's he great. is. I mean, it's so fun. Like I was enjoying watching it be mean to people. Like that's how fun that performance is. Like yeah. you're just like, how big of a piece of shit are you going to be? You just can't take your eyes off of it. Well, that's part of the problem with being Justin Long, though, right? You could try and be the biggest de- douche on, t- on screen, but You're we're all kind of like, but we still like him. <laughs> right. It's why the casting in this is kind of yeah. brilliant, right? You're super suspicious of the scars guard. You're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't 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 go to a don't stay. Remain alone with a scars guard. That's not going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is this is it's got to be this because like to me, it, Tusk is all about Michael Parks's performance. Yeah, right. Just yeah. Long, so incredible more just in that. having things happen to him there, and definitely not Johnny Depp in it. <laughs> yeah, it is about turning yeah. it off before Johnny Depp gets on screen. He's Inspector, terrible. Inspector, whatever the hell that was. Yeah. Yep. That was awful. All right, that's gonna do it. Next week, Hellraiser, followed by Halloween Ends. And then Spirit Halloween to round out your spooky season. We got a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, Rachel, how can people find you and Matilda? Well, the best way to find us uh, is definitely following us on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcast. We also have a Facebook, but we mostly engage on those other ones. So definitely check it out there, especially right now. We're doing our big spooky season mini movie marathon. You guys are watching like big boy movies we're watching little mini movies every day weekday of the month we're reviewing mini horror films that you can play along and leave comments and we're having a lot of fun with it so definitely follow us there nice all right that's gonna do it don't forget to check out patreon.com slash bloody good horror get in there now at any level and be eligible for the gift codes to halloweencostumes.com and your odds are pretty good if you hop in there so get on it all right folks hope you enjoyed the show I will talk to you next week.
Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.